Meet Gail. Her thing is being a supermom, and supermom has a lot on her supersized plate. <laughs> Ain't that the truth. But at Walmart Pharmacy, supermom recently got her whole family updated on all their vaccines. We knocked it out during a grocery run. No appointment. That's Next Level Supermom. From pneumonia to shingles, HPV, and more, get no-cost vaccinations from an expert pharmacist where you already shop. Welcome to an easier pharmacy. Welcome to your Walmart. $0 copay with most insurances. State age and health restrictions may apply. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. TV I Say with Ashley Ray, your go-to podcast for discovering what to watch on TV and getting behind-the-scenes insight from the people who make the shows you love. My guest today, look, there are very few times on this show where I am so nervous and just like I can barely speak and I am just taken aback by my guest. But my guest today, for anyone who doesn't watch Below Deck, it's a reality show about, well, people who work on yachts below deck. And today my guest is Captain Sandy Yawn, who is my favorite captain. She is the captain of Below Deck Mediterranean, and now she has been brought in as the main captain on the main Below Deck, now that Captain Lee uh, is sadly taking a, a break for his health. Captain Sandy has stepped in, and she's my guest today. And you, this is a great, you literally, truly, like, I am just... Like, I can barely speak in front of Captain Sandy. She is my dream captain, and today I get to talk to her and ask her a bunch of questions. Would she hire me as her chiefs do? Find out after the break. (laughs) But before we get there, I'm just going to do a quick little weekend watch list for you. All the shows I've been watching, there's been a lot. You know, I I really wanted to just give I Hate Susie uh, a little shine. I hate Susie on HBO Max. It, it came back for a three episode second season. It is so so good. I love the first season of this show. Was terrified HBO Max was gonna you know rip it off the air, take it off the app. But I'm so happy they let the story close out in a way that makes a lot of sense and is very funny and also heartbreaking. Uh, so check that out if you haven't. Uh, we also have Surviving R. Kelly Part 3, which debuted on Lifetime last week. And, you know, I, I watched the first two Surviving R. Kelly's. I thought they were very informative. This third one is more of a summary. If you've seen the other two and you've been following the cases and trials, you're probably not going to learn a lot. Uh, but I do think in terms of society and how people still treat this case, this is a very necessary third documentary because it lays out everything. It really looks at the extent of the network around him. And I think uh, a lot of the criticism the earlier documentaries got was, why is the focus on R. Kelly? Why isn't there a focus on the people who helped R. Kelly, you know, run this empire? And the third one really goes into that and the people around him uh, who need to face consequences. So if that's what you were looking for, you get it here. Uh, Also, Madoff, The Monster of Wall Street, another documentary that was released on Netflix. Checked that one out. Um, 
I, you know, I knew about Bernie Madoff. I, I had a general idea of of what he had done and his victims, but I did not know sort of the the repercussions that happened afterwards within his family and the people that he destroyed. So I, I thought this was a pretty good overall uh, look at the Madoff situation. If you're not familiar with it, uh, at the same time, the actor who plays Bernie Madoff. They do all these recreations and flashbacks, and the actor is just so bad. He's wearing the worst wig I've ever seen. So there you go. Enjoy it. Uh, after that, we also have Ginny in Georgia on Netflix, which just premiered. I Look, I don't think this is a particularly good show, but it is a show that makes me laugh. Like I've, I, I've been celebrating uh, White Lady Wine shows. You know, White Lady Wine shows, it's your, your Grace and Frankie, your Dead to Me's. You know, and, and Ginny and Georgia, Firefly Lane, Ginny and Georgia is a great White Lady Wine show. You know, these, these, they, there's just drama. You sip your wine, you watch, and you enjoy. What more can you want? Okay. Uh, Paul T. Goldman is still chugging along. Uh, we got a new episode last Sunday. It is so hard for me to watch this. Like, again, I love Nathan for you. I can get into all of these sort of, you know, the rehearsal, these weird semi-real shows and things. But there's just something about Paul T. Goldman and this this guy where it is so clear to me that he, like, hates women. He's, like, he hates women. <laughs> Like, it's just this guy trying to destroy a woman who, yes, was trying to use him for money. But then Paul T. Goldman is like, every woman is a prostitute and I'm angry. So, hey, hey, (laughs) Uh, 90 Day Fiance, Happily Ever After. We got part two of the tell all this week. Uh, The final part. Yeah, it's a three part tell all. Why are they giving us a three part? I don't know. Just all the drama they want to pull out from Ed and, and Angela. But we will get the third part of that tell all next week. And there's some there's some shocking things revealed. You know, I got to see the screeners and there's there's some stuff you might like in there. Uh, And finally, on my watch list, the L Word Generation Q. Uh, I have been watching the L Word Generation Q since it it premiered, but I I feel like I don't talk about it much. Uh, I loved the original L Word. So obviously I am all in on Generation Q because we still get bet and Tina. You know, if you give me bet on TV, I'm going to watch. The younger people, Sophia, Danny, Finley, could not really care less about them. Don't really like them. Could not, but I'm in it for the old crew. Okay, I'm here for Shane and Alice. But hey, the, there's some other new people, and they, you know, participate too. Uh, mostly, though, I think we all just want to scream about that musical episode. Why did they do a musical episode? Why did they do a musical episode with original songs? Like what? Who was sitting around? Like you know what I need? I need Shane singing a song about being a sailor, who who like sleeps with lots of women. No one needed that. They could have just done a musical version with like Tegan and Sarah songs and Betty songs. That would have been better than what they gave us. <laughs> but hey, I'm gonna keep trucking with the Elwer Generation Q. You know I can't give up on my queer TV. That is my watch list for the week. You know I've mostly been watching a lot of Below Deck. Okay, I am almost fully caught up all the old seasons, every new season. I am almost all the way there. Okay, I just have like a few episodes of Below Deck uh, adventure to watch. So that that's what's been taken over. But you will see uh, as you listen to my conversation with Captain Sandy on that I was prepared. Okay, I am prepared. So sit back, relax and get ready to hear to hear everything you've ever wanted to know about Below Deck with Captain Sandy. I say with Ashley Ray, another episode, another episode. 
Hello, TV Club. My guest today, you all know how excited I am for this one. My guest today is renowned super yacht captain, star of the hit reality series Below Deck Mediterranean, and as you know, my favorite spinoff, and author of the new book, Be the Calm or Be the Storm, Leadership Lessons from a Woman at the Helm, and co-host of the new podcast, The Captain Sandy and Leah Ray Show. I'm, of course, talking about the one and only Captain Sandy Yon. Hello. Hi. I'm so glad you're here. I'm so glad you're, you're having me on your show. Thank you. I uh, A lot of listeners know you're my favorite captain. Uh, it is just I, I've been wanting to meet you. I think everything you do on the show, that's what really pulled me in. I had a hard time watching Below Deck. Uh, my friends say I'm weird because I don't care about the cast drama. I hate when they have days off. I'm like, get to work. <laughs> I want to see how you deal with the next, you know, the next charter. I want to see if you can step up your table game and and really make it pretty. So <laughs> I feel like the way you approach it is so interesting because it really shows a way to have these different personalities come together and get the job done at the end of the day. Uh, so I'm so excited to talk to you because how do you deal with all of that? You know, I love what you just said you loved about the show because it's not always about the drama. It's about what we actually do at work. And we're a five-star restaurant. We're, we're actually a floating yeah. resort. So we have the toys at the resort, the Michelin star restaurant. And by the way, we get underway and we move to another location every day. And yeah. to keep the crew, we live and work together. But my ultimate goal is to provide the level of experience that people pay for and expect. An expectation is something that I expect to have. And when people say, oh, they're complaining too much, well, rightfully so, because they don't have the service that they expected they're supposed to have. I always share this. If you're in a restaurant and you're waiting an hour and a half for your food or even 45 minutes to an hour, who are you going to complain to? The manager. So basically, yeah. I am the manager of all those departments. And I'm expected to make sure that these people stay, you know, motivated, uh, try to educate them and keep them invested in what our ultimate goal is with a happy spirit. And how do you do that? You don't yeah. beat them down with a hammer. You get in and help them when they're in the weeds. I wash the dishes and however I can assist, I will do that. I always say assistance, not resistance. We want to assist. And being a leader is sacrifice. So I will sacrifice my time, my sleep, because I'm paid to do that. And also, I care. And when you care, yeah. it shows. The camera never lies. Yeah. And I, I think as a woman, a lot of times you're taught leadership. Uh, you don't want to be too soft or sensitive or too caring because it'll make you look weak. Uh, you want to seem tough. And you don't just care about them getting better at the job. You care about their emotional state. You know, even when Hannah's crying over a boy and I'm like, get over it. That's how I would respond. But you are like actually caring and saying, you know, helpful things. Uh, you really have to just walk that line. Uh, so I, you do so much. You are are a yacht captain, which I, it seems terrifying. You've told stories on the on the show about pirates and fires. <laughs> you know, you're also you have to keep people yeah. safe. How how do you balance all of this? Being the star of a reality show, what do you do in your free time? So you know, on a boat, we don't really have free time. So my free time is when I step into my cabin. I want you to think about this and the listeners. We live and work. We live and work in the same place. We wake up, we see each other for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. 
we go to bed, we wake up, it's Groundhog Day all over. The only thing that changes on our vessel are the clients. And that's difficult to navigate. So a lot of bosses or leaders would not take the time to listen to someone about their relationship. You have to, because we live together. That's a lot of captains would not do that. And hey, that's great. I think because I've always had a very successful charter boat outside the show. And that's because I invest in my team by listening. All they want to do is for someone to listen to them. That's all they want from me. They know my expectation for them. I expect them to do their job. I feel like you have the highest expectations. I would never want to let you down, Captain Sandy. Uh, Oh my gosh. I mean, that's the the trick. That's the (laughs) trick where you invest in them so much that they are, they don't want to disappoint. And that to me is true leadership where it isn't about, oh, I'm not going to do my job. I don't care about, you know, Sandy. It's, I don't want to disappoint her because she cares about us. I love seeing that like with Malia and seeing her grow. That's that's why I watch. So, you know, I, I do want to before we get into, you know, what TV you manage to watch in this little amount of time you have to watch TV. I do want to ask just one question about one of the spinoffs. Don't you think that Captain Glenn should have his own room? Yes. I just. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You know, I just uh, it bothers me. <laughs> sailing. You know, that's sailing and sailing yachts aren't as big as motor yachts. They're lo- as long and sometimes longer, but they don't have all the decks we have. So they don't, right. they don't, you know, owners, when they build a boat, they're thinking about themselves and their <laughs> guests. They, the crew are the last people they think about. <laughs> the industry has changed over the years. There are sailing yachts with captain's quarters that's separate from crew. You have to have that separation. Poor Glenn doesn't. Yeah, I just, I feel for him every time I see some, you know, deckhand having to crawl over him to get into bed. <laughs> If I were him, so, I think I'd change boats. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. But in, and also, I just I want if you can do a motor yacht, can you also do a sailing? Is it like a sailing no, yacht? Is it two different very, things? Very, very different. Uh, our license, yes, oh. but the actual maneuverability and what it takes, I would need practice to run his boat, and he would need practice to run a boat like we run. Okay, cool. So don't ever expect you know some sort of collab there, some crossover episode. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> So I want to know, what TV shows are Captain Sandy worthy? You probably don't have a lot of time to watch TV. What are you watching? I love The Gilded Age. I'm sorry, that show. I love history. And in Newport, Rhode Island, if you've never been there, you should go. The history on that Bellevue Road is incredible, from the Vanderbilts to the Astor family. And then I did a tour in Denver, because that's where I'm living. The Astor family actually had their first house in Colorado before Newport. It's so fascinating. And when you watch The Gilded Age, I'm like, that must be the Vanderbilts that they're talking about. It was the new money. And have you watched the series? Oh, yeah. I love it. It's To me, I, I love it because it's beautiful. I like the history, but I'm also like, oh, the outfits. The It's just yes. so decadent to watch. <laughs> and the 400 Club. Who knew? I had no idea. And that's an actual fact. There's the 400 Club. It's the 400 families in New York that are the wealthiest of the wealthy. Yeah, I had no idea. And I was just I'm like, oh, I'm actually learning while watching this show. So it feels it feels great. You know, that that makes sense. I feel like for a captain, you know, you want to get something educational in and entertaining. And even though it's a lot of people say it moves slowly, I'm always like, no, that scene where they're just kind of staring at each other is so intense. Yes. I didn't think it moved slowly at all. I also like the first lady. Oh yeah, yeah. Great show. Yeah. And I love that one was C really to, good. 
and sea disasters. Um, and sea disasters is about the disasters that happen at sea and the investigation why. And, you know, about 80% of the reason it's so interesting is human error or modifications. And the last episode I just watched was about the Staten Island Ferry when it hit the dock. And I go, I want to cut that piece out and put it out for everybody to watch about drugs on board and crew members taking drugs. It's so fascinating. Oh my gosh. Is that what happened? Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. I mean, yeah, because obviously a lot of people didn't take that very seriously when it happened on Below Deck Med. They were like, come on. But I mean, I thought you were very understanding and just serious about the situation. It can be a problem. Well, yeah, it's it's illegal and we're in international waters. And I called my lawyer, my maritime lawyer, and he said, fire her. And I said, OK, bye. Yeah. And he's I, very expensive. Yeah. I didn't want and to yeah, talk for I, an hour. Yeah. Now I have to watch this episode because I'm like, see, oh, wow, this is what can happen. Uh, and also, I, I mean, we're going to talk about your book in depth more. But, you know, in the show, you also do talk about, you know, the struggles you've had with addiction, drinking, things like that. So I feel like that's how you approach that situation with like that level of, hey, I, I know kind of what you're going through here, but our job is our job. Yes, exactly. I have a lot of compassion because I am a recovering addict, alcoholic, you know, like and I didn't it didn't happen overnight for me. It took years for me in and out of institutions. And I had to, you know, one day something shifted and, you know, I go to meetings, I have a sponsor and I stay connected because I know I never want to go back to that old life, but it's so hard to get out of that hole. And addiction is, Hey, listen, it's rampant in our country and so many people are suffering. So for me, when I have a crew member that I see suffering and they're open I'll, I'll talk to them. I had a guy tell me once, he goes, Sandy, if you have a drunk horse thief and you lead them to water, you can't get them to drink the water, but you can kick them in and he drinks the water, right? And then he said, if you sober up the horse thief, obviously the horse is drinking the water, but if you sober up the horse thief, what do you have? A sober horse thief. <laughs> He's still a horse thief. So you got to change, thief. you got to change the character. I love that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I feel like a lot of the spinoffs use alcohol, obviously, to create a lot of drama. But I, I don't know. It seems like in yachting, it, it it's, it's a lonely job. It's, you know, you're away from your family. It is something that would lead to a lot of drinking. And I feel like on your spinoff, it's the only one where people kind of step back and are like, oh, I should understand the reason why I'm drinking. I should slow down. Like, this isn't me. This isn't my regular self. Uh, instead of just, hey, this is great for the cameras. You know what I find interesting when people find out I don't drink, how many people who stop drinking make it known to me that they stop drinking. I'm talking to a lot of celebrities and I'm like, well, that's great. And I think it's really cool because even as a presence, and they talk about this uh, progress, not perfection, I'm an example of a life without the abuse of alcohol and drugs. And that does impact people. In my book, I actually talk about that and how an employer should never give up on a person that's suffering from addiction. Honestly, if you invest in them and you get them help them get help, they will the your ROI on the investment in that employee is tenfold. They will outperform everybody at work. Do you think if Hannah was given another shot, she'd want to just like really prove herself to you? Probably not. I honestly <laughs> I I don't know. I think Hannah's where she wants to be. She had a baby. I think she's happy. I think it's awesome. I don't, you know, for me, I don't have any feeling any way. I'm very neutral because I'm not emotionally attached. I was there to do a job. Unfortunately, 
you know, things happen, but you know, yeah. life moves on. Everybody's moved on in their life. We're on to what, exactly. season eight? <laughs> yeah, season eight. Uh, for me, it all feels recent because actually I uh, binged all like eight seasons over like a week and a half. Uh, and then I watched all of Sailing Yacht. It's just it's just been below deck 24-7 in my house for like the past three weeks. <laughs> hey, listen, our show changes lives when I think about it. And that's why I wrote this book, because so many of the fans were like, you need a book, you need a book, please write a book, leadership book. And I didn't want like a typical leadership book. I wanted a book that shared the stories of my former crew before Below Deck Mediterranean and how we navigated troubled waters. We navigated each other, you know, and yeah. how, do, how did we learn to work through things and get through a fire in the Red Sea, you know, get through a pirate's chasing us off of yeah. Cuba, you know, so many adventures. I, one of the stories in there is where I, we broke down and we had a deadline and I sent my crew ashore with $600 in the middle of nowhere and say, go find a guy in a truck. There's an airstrip 45 miles away. Stay on that airstrip until the plane lands because we needed the oil for our hydraulics to get it back up and running. No idea. He goes, you just said go. And I said, yes, because I believed in you. I believed you could get to that airport, that airstrip. And he waited and he not only came back with the oil, he came back with fresh fish. Wow. See, uh, wow. Your motivation, it can, it really inspires. It gets things done. <laughs> See, like being a reality star, this is just easy for you. Like these charters are nothing. They're nothing. Absolutely. Like it's the navigating of the personalities. Every captain will share this. The hardest part about running a boat is not the guests. It's not the ex expectation. It's the crew and their personalities. And when you find a great crew who has, who has built on their character, that is that is your team, right? So I always say I hire for character over skill any day because yeah. character carries you through. Do you watch your own episodes and do you like kind of seeing the other side? You know, a lot of obviously you're everybody's boss. They're hiding things from you. And then you watch the show and are you like, oh, my gosh, she was on her phone. She was smoking when she should have been, you know, doing her job. I had no idea. I have no idea. And I, and when they walk out with an attitude, I go, now that makes sense. Cause I'm like, what yeah. is wrong with them right now? Like what could possibly be wrong? <laughs> well, I didn't know what just happened downstairs and man, it's so emotional when you're on a boat for a week, it feels like a month and it's like they fall in love fast and they fall yeah. out of love fast. It's like, you know, whatever comes in hard and fast, that's how it ends. Never forget that. Slow and steady wins the race. I'm going to remember every single word you're saying, Captain Tandy. Like I told my friends, I was like, my life's going to be fixed by the end of this hour. Like I'm getting all the gems, all the knowledge from you right now. Yeah. Slow and steady. <laughs> yeah. It, and like you said, it, it's just so much emotion. It moves so quickly. You know, on my end, when I'm watching at home, I'm screaming like, you need to fire her. You need to fire this person. You have no idea. Like Reagan's not even doing like deck watch and all of this. Oh my gosh. And do you no watch my, and you're like, yeah. And you're just like, oh, if I had known, I would have kept this person on and I would have done this. Yes. So, you know, unless people talk to you about the real problem and not amongst each other out of both sides of their mouth, unless they actually bring it to the captain, how would I ever know? Yeah. I witnessed it with my own eyeballs and then I addressed it. But remember, we're also filming a show. It takes a lot to get someone to fill those shoes. We have a safe manning document we have to meet. I can't just fire a crew. Otherwise, the boat will not be 
under the safe umbrella of the safe manning document, which we couldn't leave the dock. Even at the dock, I have, I'm required to have a certain amount of crew members on board. So there's always that other side. So until I can find a replacement that can meet the safe manning document requirement that's mandated by flag state and insurance, plus a crew member that can actually do the job, yeah. then I'm better with the crew I have than no crew. You follow me? Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think we've seen that a lot of times in the show where it's like, yeah, you probably would have been better down a stew than bringing this person on. <laughs> yeah. So, you well, know. Yeah. Yeah. So, and remember, it is an insurance requirement that I have a certain amount of people on board. So there's always that. Until I have another able seaman, because in the umbrella of the law, that's what we're all called, able seaman. We, they're not looking at us like Sandy or, you know, any other name. We're just an able body seaman. Then I can't leave the dock. Believe yeah. me, I would have fired a lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. Walk the plank. Once <laughs> back in the day, I threw the chef his luggage. I told the crew, throw his uh, luggage on the dock. It oh was my such god! A bad, this was before Captain Sandy. That. You have the worst luck with chefs. I am. I feel horrible for you and your chef experiences. Everyone else just seems to get the best people. They have it easy, and you get the chefs who are like having like meltdowns and throwing things, and quitting twice, quitting, quitting twice. You know, having. Or and injuries, I can respect that he oh had an my injury. Gosh. The injuries. <laughs> or like you know, someone like Kiko who was so nice and so sweet, but just wasn't ready. And you just—it's the worst luck. Absolutely, Chef Dave was excellent. Oh yes, Chef Dave. I was like, finally, Chef Dave. I was blessed to have him. He has some, you know, wears his heart on his sleeve, but yeah, know, we all been there. You know, we've all hard. been there and you know he and also he was doing a lot of people were kind of rude to him but i was like he did back-to-back charters he had like just come off a ship onto another ship that's probably tough so i i had a soft spot for him and he was the first chef to do right by you so i was like please yeah. it has to work he we tried to lose another chef he tried to quit and i stood on top of the hatch and wouldn't let him have his luggage <laughs> i'm like no you're not leaving no. yeah Well, we're going to take a quick break and coming up, we're going to talk to Captain Sandy about her new book, Be the Calm or Be the Storm, Leadership Lessons from a Woman at the Helm. Meet Gail. Her thing is being a supermom and supermom has a lot on her supersized plate. (laughs) Ain't that the truth. But at Walmart Pharmacy, supermom recently got her whole family updated on all their vaccines. We knocked it out during a grocery run. No appointment. That's Next Level Supermom. From pneumonia to shingles, HPV, and more, get no-cost vaccinations from an expert pharmacist where you already shop. Welcome to an easier pharmacy. Welcome to your Walmart. $0 copay with most insurances. State age and health restrictions may apply. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. And we're back. Uh, Let's talk about your book, Captain Sandy. Uh, You kind of already teased it, but you go into a lot of what you had to do. Yes, hold it up. 
we are using video. Be the calm or be the storm. Uh, I got to read it early, so I'm already prepped. Uh, but you already mentioned you talk a lot about what your life was like before Below Deck, uh, which you know, I'm sure people are very curious about and especially uh, a lot of the terrifying things you've had to work through. Um, but I'm really curious about your experience as a female captain. What has that been like, especially, you know, being gay and trying to come up in this industry that to me seems still very white and male? You know that deer in headlights they talk about? <laughs> that was me. You know, honestly, and then I sort of like moved through life uh, in this maritime industry with the right people in my path because I had the right intention. And I worked, you know, I worked my way up. I worked hard. I found someone to invest in me and give me that opportunity who sent me to sea school um, in C school, there were other women, not as many. I never really had pushback from people in C school. The pushback really, because a woman at a, in a man's world was typically from the owners. So an yeah. owner didn't think a woman could do the job. And I'm, and I remember I was turned down for a job once thinking, what? I don't know how to navigate. I'm not, cause being a captain is all about decision making. That's it. Yeah. Driving a boat's easy. That's a skill set. Navigating, you learn that. The decision making, where to call. And for women, we don't have the egos. I'm not going to go that way because the weather's bad. I'm going to alter course and go this way. Um, when to say no to the client, I'm so sorry. We can't leave the dock. That decision making is so critical. And so many people don't know how to make those decisions. And for me, when an owner says no, you can't. A woman can't do this job. I'm like, but it's decision making and yeah. navigating and maneuvering a boat. I mean, I know how to do that. So you're the best decision maker. I would if I could, I'd let you make every decision in my life. I'd call you oh. first, say, what should I do, Captain Sandy? Oh, thank you. That's really sweet. <laughs> I mean, I, yeah. Well, and that's not. Hey, listen, and I I'm sober. Right. So I don't have that alcohol fog or, you know, pot fog or whatever people do. My brain is really clear. I take care of myself and th that really matters when you're yeah. just, when you're leading a team, especially if you're running a boat in the middle of the ocean with guests on board, you're responsible for lives. It's so critical. So that's really the pushback I got is mainly from the people hiring me, not the industry people, yeah. not so much because they are like, yeah, they're like, yeah, get it. You know, like yeah. the maritime industry people, they're just awesome human beings. Yeah. Have you ever had pushback from any charter guests, any like men who are just weird about it? No, they just are like surprised I'm the captain when they come on. It's a good, it's a great, I wish I had, you know how they capture the faces every time. Yeah. I was like, oh, 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 yeah. Yeah. I was like when a new crew comes on and they're like, where's the captain? And you're like, right here. Yeah. You know, and it's interesting because people just assume that we all know our jobs. So they step on with that full confidence like we do on airplanes we get on an airplane yeah. thinking that pilot is fit and ready to fly this plane don't you sometimes just want to walk in that pilot house and go hey you know that cocktail go let me smell your breath yeah <laughs> well what's going on here uh and and you know again see you, you mentioned there is a lot of uh, positivity for diversity in this industry and i noticed you know your your crew is 
kind of the most diverse cast, I guess you could say, out of the shows to me. Uh, it feels like there's less importance on looks and, you know, oh, is this person going to be great looking in a hot tub and stuff like that? And it is really about the character and, you know, watching someone grow in a role they care about. Uh, and again, you um, had one of the first, uh, I believe, bisexual deckmates, deckhands, uh, people of color. You know, is that really something you focus on? Bravo has done that. So let's, I want to give credit where credit's due. That network has made our industry become more diverse. Yeah. It was never like that. And I am so grateful for this network for doing that because of course I would, but we always answer to the owners that own the boats. Right. And now the world's changed. It isn't like it was in the eighties or the nineties. It's a different, different game. And now as everyone across the planet is very desperate for people, I think, I don't think they really care. They just yeah. need people who will work in the industry. But I love that about the network. And for me to be able to give that opportunity is incredible. Yeah. It's so cool to see how many women you bring in, just people of color. It's it's great to me. I love it. Uh, so in the book, you also talk about, again, about those scary moments that you've had to face. I think the listeners want to hear about this. It's mentioned on the show, The Pirates. Can we get some more details for yeah? Yes, it's in the of book, course. but yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the you know, I was chased in windward passage by pirates. And pirates are thieves at sea. Let's remember that. So all they're thinking about is how much money they can get. Not necessarily kill you. They just want to rob you <laughs> and hold you for ransom. In the Red Sea, I had the threat of pirates. So I was never chased by pirates. I was rescued by a warship. And windward passage, which is a passage between Cuba and the Dominican Republic, Hispaniola Island in Haiti, I was chased by pirates. And my, I had pirate training. My whole crew did. It's very scary. But I called the Coast Guard on my cell phone and I just zigzagged my course and did everything that we were trained to do. And did we you made say it pirate safer. training? Yes, we have pirate training. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> That's wild. Okay, yeah. I guess, yeah. yeah. I, I didn't realize pirates are still such a thing. Oh, yes. Oh, it's a big business. There's a movie. It's a docuseries about how piracy is a big business. It's a massive business because insurance companies pay. When you have a ship out there full of yeah. cargo, the insurance company doesn't want to lose that ship. They'd rather pay the claim. Now, I don't know now how it's changed, but back in the day, that's what they did. Piracy is still a big business for people. And the sad part is, is the people that chase us, they're just trying to make a living. Their government yeah. isn't really helping them. So they're coming after the big shiny boats that pass through their waters. Yeah. I mean, I kind Fair of understand, <laughs> but at the same time, it's like probably not a good, you know, profession to yeah. choose. And terrifying for you. <laughs> very. Yeah, very. You know, and I had crew members that were really scared. And when you have scared crew members, you just have to, you can never show them you're scared. You can never show them the fear that you have. Yeah. You can you can never show that. You have to have that confidence. And I just start cracking jokes. It always works. I just, I try to make light of the situation, even though we're in the, you know, <laughs> the boat's on fire. You know, <laughs> I had one girl that tried to jump overboard and my chief stew walked in and I'm like, hey, you know, plot our, our position. She goes, Sandy, we're floating in shark shoals. So I look over to the girl who tried to jump overboard. I go, right now you'd be shark chum. Aren't you glad you didn't jump <laughs> overboard? We've all started laughing, you know, as the boat's yeah. like this. And 
the pirates are coming. You're like, oh my God. So the threat of piracy is always there, always there. We have the training. We go through this. Now we have systems where it blows out their eardrums. We charged our fire hoses because your fire hoses are very powerful and you just wash them, you know, away from your boat. Wow. Uh, But yes, the training is there. That's so amazing. That's so cool. (laughs) Yeah. You're just a modern day pirate fighter. Uh, So you said you didn't want to write a traditional leadership book. Uh, What was your goal with this book? My goal, I read a book, uh, Shackleton's Way. I loved it about, you know, someone wrote a book about Ernest Shackleton and his, the way he led his crew and he kept him alive for 14 months in the Antarctic. I wanted to do the same type of writing with all the situations that I had in my life with the crew members that were in my, you know, on my team for many years. They're in my book. Our boat was one of the busiest charter boats out there with my team before below deck. I was, you know, we thrived on that. We wanted to compete. We wanted to be better. And those are the teams that I always had on board. I went through crew. um, But this book, I wanted people to learn how to have those types of, create those types of teams that just stay with you, the longevity and how they care because you care so much about them. They don't want to disappoint you. And, and to learn each other's jobs, to step in when someone's in the weeds or someone's not feeling well, we were able to do that. And that was epic for me. And I wanted to put that in writing. And I'm just curious, after you read the book, what was your takeaway? My takeaway was really, you can try to make it work or be a team with anyone. Uh, And I think that is a big issue I have. And a lot of times when I'm watching the show, this is how I'm just like, this person isn't a team player, write them off. I'm like, get rid of them. They aren't doing it. Like, (laughs) you know, I I don't have a lot of patience with people, (laughs) you know, or if I think, oh, this person isn't doing their job right, I'll just write them off, start doing their job. Uh, And I think reading the book, a lot of it, I was like, oh, this is the crew that I wish Sandy had on the show. This is what she, this is the crew she deserves. This is how they should be, yeah. you know, working for her. Uh, and reading it, I was like, well, a lot of that is because of you. You know, you build that environment for them to, you know, not just become friends over it, but to become real close, lifelong friends, it feels like. It doesn't just feel like, oh, this is you know, the six weeks we spent together and maybe I'll follow you on Instagram after when I watch like Below Deck Met, I'm like, oh, these are people who are going to be in each other's lives, who like truly, truly support each other, you know, who seem like real friends to me. It's, you know, and that's the environment you create. And I was like, oh, I, I can learn from this and make it work with people who normally I'm like, you know what, move. You know, don't count people out, I guess, is what I took from it. Don't count people out. Exactly. And I had a guy I fired three times and the, and I just said he was such an asset, but he kept getting in his own way. And I just told him, I go, you may not believe in yourself, but I believe in you. And I know you can change. And he did. The third time was the charm. <laughs> three times. Mm-hmm. What I got from the book, it's just... I, I don't know. I think if you're a Below Deck fan, you're going to love it because it does. I mean, it gets into the part of the show that I like, you know, the the real sailing stuff and, you know, the mistakes and dangers that can happen. If you like watching the crew get drunk or whatever, you might not be so happy with it. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, yeah. And I and I share uh, about my personal life. You know, I talk yeah. about my addiction in there. So, yeah. And how I navigated that. You know, that is so personal. And 
I feel like when you mention it and talk about it on the show, I always kind of want to know more. And they, you know, you bring it up when you talk to certain, uh, I think it was Travis who was drinking and stuff. Uh, but the book is really where I was like, okay, this is what you went through. Can you kind of talk about that for the listeners and that journey? I believe you dropped out of school. Uh, and kicked someone... out. Yeah. <laughs> I was kicked out. Kicked out. Um, <laughs> yeah. I didn't go back. I didn't that sounds graduate. cooler. Yeah. <laughs> I was. Uh, anyway. Um, Which I can't, I'm sorry, I can't imagine this today. Like looking at Captain oh, no. Sanders, kicked out of school. What? <laughs> you know, so many of my friends didn't believe I was a captain for years. I had to show them the insurance policy. <laughs> They didn't believe me. I'm like, yeah, they trust me. Believe it or not, I'm not that person anymore. And that's the thing. Hope. Never give up. Never give up hope. People are worth your time. It takes sacrifice. And if I can leave anyone with anything is don't give up hope. Period. Yeah. I think, yeah, I was inspired by that transformation in the book and just being able to kind of see the full arc of that and, and really know the details. So again, if you're a fan of the show, get the book because I, I just love knowing this background. And I feel like it adds so much to just, again, the patience you have for your crew, how you're able to create this environment that's, again, inspired by your experiences and background. So I absolutely love it. We're going to take another quick break. And when we come back, uh, we're going to talk about your new podcast. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. And we are back. Uh, I want to talk to you about your new podcast that started last November, uh, The Captain Sandy and Leah Ray Show. Uh, I am thankful for this podcast because, like I said, I wish I could get your advice on everything. And now I basically can. <laughs> yes. Uh, well, how thank did you. you. Come, yeah. <laughs> how did you come up with the idea to do this? Honestly, so many people asked. It depends. <laughs> like, they just kept asking. And I thought, you know, I don't want it to be about below deck because, you know... Everybody talks about the low deck. I wanted it to be real life stuff. And I wanted it to be not for just celebrities that yeah, p callers could call in and ask questions. And, you know, just how do you do the next right thing? Picking and choosing the people that are in your life and these situations. And for Leah and her daughter and everything they went through, I wanted her also to be able to share with so many women out there that are stuck because they're in a marriage and they stay there because of money yeah. and that she broke out of that and how her and then came out. It's like, yeah. And she has a biracial adopted child and how her child was able to come on the podcast and share her experience and what it was like for her to go through COVID. I think people today want relatable 
for me. I wanted it to be relatable for people. And I want people to have access to me. And this is a way. Yeah. I mean, I listened to the episode, How We Handle Negativity Online. I deal with a lot of negativity online. Uh, It was some great advice. It's just, again, I was like, wow, this is truly like Captain Sandy in your pocket. Like whatever your your issue is, like dealing with teenagers, uh, you know, uh, I'm pulling it up now. Uh, Oh, maintaining the relationship and love from a distance. That one, of course, I was really interested in. Uh, You know, obviously you're at sea, you're away from your partner a lot. This is a project you two get to work on together. Uh, What is that like? FaceTime. Thank God for FaceTime. (laughs) (laughs) You know, we had to learn uh, when to call because, you know, when you're filming, it's pretty demanding. Last thing you have is energy to talk at night. So I suggested that we talk in her mornings, not her night, because her night's really late for me and I have nothing left to give. So now we just reversed it. We find solutions because we want our relationship to work. And basically that's what it's about. It's that sacrifice and finding a way to where it works for both of us. And I think that could work for anyone out there. I mean, you make me feel like anything is possible. (laughs) It is. (laughs) You know, when I got sober, they said, you will live a life beyond your wildest dreams. They promised me that. If I stayed sober and I worked the steps and I did the next right thing, I would live a life beyond my wildest dreams. And that's exactly it. And I don't chase TV. I don't chase fame. I don't chase money. I chase helping people and do the next right thing. Because when you do something for for something other than yourself and your other focus, the money comes. Yeah. It always comes. It's yeah. just like what your podcast right now, like <laughs> the money comes, right? Like you're yeah. changing lives. It oh, thank you, Kevin. It wow. Good? Yeah, thank you, Kevin. Wow. To hear you say that to me, yeah, sure. Yeah, then I'll believe it. You do. And you give opportunities and you share your experience and strength and hope and you bring people on your podcast. So, yes, we all do that. We just don't realize it. And I thank think you. that's really the reason we created this podcast. And Leah has a lot to talk about. Sometimes she says things that I'm like, whoa. <laughs> Because, you know, she's very religious, but, and I go, wow, that really says that in the Bible? Like, you know, and you know, in recovery, they say, take what works for you and leave the rest. Yeah. That's what Leah does. She takes what works and leaves the rest. We're not meant to take it all. Right. Yeah. I kind of like the the difference that you two bring to the the podcast and your perspectives and voice. (laughs) It's really fun to listen to. It's hilarious. I love like we play a lot together and I like the realness and, you know, we work on ourselves like we work on our relationship and you can have a successful relationship and still get into arguments. Yeah. That's called life. That's called being a human being. We have disagreements and we argue and we figure it out. Yeah. And definitely something. To work. So definitely something I learned in your book, how to figure those arguments out and watching your seasons of the show. Just the arguments you have to work through, getting people to get over arguments and move forward and just go clean slate. Because I have a huge problem with that being like clean slate. I will never forget. Yes. I taught <laughs> Leah the word do over because I need a lot of them. <laughs> and she taught me the meaning of grace. So the meaning of grace. And I always say to her, grace means you don't get to bring up the last do over. So if I have a new do-over, you don't get to bring up the one that was in the past. This is the do-over now. Leave it there. And we start fresh because I learned that recovery. You can start your day over anytime you want and promptly make amends when you hurt someone else. 
because we all know when we say something that's hurtful or we do something that's hurtful, that doesn't feel good. It makes us angry. It makes us, you know, not easy to be around. So to be able to look at, I, I lost my mind on my first officer once he didn't, he didn't deserve it. I walked out of my cabin and bit his head off. And then I saw his face and how hurt he was. Yeah. And I said, I'm so sorry, Rob. You didn't deserve that. I had just had this phone call about budgeting and money and about the boat. And, and I apologized. And he goes, it's okay, Sandy. He goes, I understand. I go, but you didn't deserve that. I had promptly admitted my mistake. And I felt better. He let me off the hook and I hugged him. Yeah. Thanks, man. You know, I feel, yeah, that's so realistic. And like you said, you're not chasing TV or the fame. And I feel like when people are, they try to project this image of being so perfect, of not making mistakes, of, you know, just wanting to be so loved and adored. And you, you know, the book is about the show. It's about accountability, at least on yours, (laughs) on your show. (laughs) You know, it's about the ways you hold yourself accountable. And I just think that's so interesting in the reality TV landscape where that's just not the norm. <laughs> it's like the, the Below Deck Mediterranean is the one show I watch and I'm like, I feel like I'm walking away and I'm becoming a better person. Like I've learned something here. I know how to Thank you. like communicate and work with people better. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. You know, we have a showrunner. Uh, she's the executive producer and she's an, an incredible human being and she leads her team the same way. And Last season, it was the easiest season I ever did. And she, you know, when your team's in rhythm, everybody was in the rhythm and it was really cool. And I admire her. And we talk about this often. And, you know, we bounce things off of each other because you have to do that. You need a person that you admire and you respect to bounce things back and forth. Yeah. We don't have the answers for everything. Yeah. Last season was so smooth. Uh, Was it because Storm was bosun? I think maybe, maybe, probably, yes. Should you bring him back? Yeah, probably you should. <laughs> you know, he's, he was awesome. <laughs> yeah, he's awesome. He's a hottie and a fan favorite. So <laughs> what about when those ladies were in front of you? Yeah. On the boat? If, he handled it like a champion. Yeah. He did. <laughs> the situations that the the crew is put in sometimes it makes me so uncomfortable. There was actually one season I knew one of the guys who was the, on the charter and there was like a, a female stew who he started like lifting against her will, like lifting her like she was a weight and picking her up. And she's like, put me down, put me down, don't do this. And I'm just like, this is horrible. And afterwards, it's not like she can complain or be like, hey, that's inappropriate. I don't want to work with him. It's just you have to be like, whatever the tip, like whatever, just work, keep doing it. And just seeing that on the show, it's like, yeah, uh, the patience. (laughs) I just uh, I just feel like I'd want to yell at so many people (laughs) or just be like, this is inappropriate. What are you doing? Yes. Yes. I I, that was handled really professionally. You have a book. You have a podcast with your partner that is amazing and just very entertaining. Go listen to it. Go read the book. it's I, I, I we're we're coming up at the end. I just have a few more questions. Um, if I wanted to work on your boat, boat would you hire me? Could I? Could, of course. Could I be third? In wow. a second. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I think I. I, could, I love your attitude. Thank you. I, character. Yeah. Remember character. I think I, I could do third stew at least. I can make a bed. So I'd have you have my first officer. Wow, you seem very diplomatic. That that really means a lot to me, Captain Sandy. It's a lot of paperwork. I, I can handle that. I'll do the paperwork. Okay. You know, I won't, let, I won't let you down. Somebody falls and get a, gets a bruise on their leg. I'm doing the paperwork. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You can trust me. 
and, and would you say, yeah, would you say that 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 I um, make you proud, Captain Sandy? Yes, absolutely. <sighs> okay. Are you kidding me? <laughs> You're awesome. Amazing. Thank you so much. Oh. <laughs> I want to thank my guest, Captain Sandy Yon. You can get her new book, Be the Calm or Be the Storm, Leadership Lessons from a Woman at the Helm. It is out now. It is such a good, entertaining read. I devoured it like I devoured seven seasons of Below Tech Mediterranean, uh, which you can also watch to catch Captain Sandy. Uh, and you can also listen to her new podcast, The Captain Sandy and Leah Ray Show. Uh, and where can people follow you on social media? Uh, Instagram at Captain Sandy on Twitter, Captain Sandy on. It's all the same. Yeah, you know where to Captain find Captain Sandy, Sandy online. Come on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thank you so Thank much you. for joining me today. This has been so fun. Thank you for having me. What what an amazing episode! I just uh, and if yeah. Yeah, she said I could be her first mate. Like, come on, I'm quitting everything and I'm going to work on Captain Sandy's yacht. That's that's my dream at this point in life. You know, let, let's let's get you out of here. There's a lot of TV on the homework list this week. Uh, I'm gonna want, I'm, I'm gonna ask you to watch Koala Man. Koala Man. It just debuted on Hulu from the team that brought you Smiling Friends. Uh, some of the the team behind Rick and Morty is on this. Detective Pikachu is on it. You're gonna love it. It's really really funny. You know, go binge that one on Hulu. Uh, what else do we have coming up? We have Velma finally making its debut on HBO Max. Uh, people have been looking forward to this adult take on Velma from Mindy Kaling. We also have the Goldbergs coming back. Yes, yes, the our Goldbergs are back, baby. For, you know, mid-season, they are coming back. I still watch the Goldbergs, so maybe that one is just for, for my homework list and not yours. <laughs> uh, we also have The Drop coming out. Uh, another great one with with a ton of just amazing talent. Uh, Jermaine Fowler, Aparna Nancherla, Jillian Bell. Uh, this is, you know, a Duplass Brother Dark comedy set at a destination wedding. Looks like that'll be a fun one. And then, you know, our big sad Sunday debut is The Last of Us on HBO based on a video game that I have never played because I don't play video games. Uh, this is from the creator of Chernobyl. That alone has got my attention, creator Craig Mazin. You know, I love Chernobyl. Uh, but mostly, I'm going to be watching The Last of Us because we got Pedro Pascal, baby. Pedro Pascal. That's my boy right there. Uh, and also that girl from Game of Thrones is in it. The one who, like, played the little mean queen who, like, was ready to fight. She is in Last of Us. So, you know, I think this will be good. Obviously, I love Station Eleven. So I, I think HBO is great with the end of the world stuff. And I'm excited. I'm excited. Uh, and, and my last thing for you on your homework list is Miracle Workers and Times, the fourth season of, of Miracle Workers, the one show TBS still has. You know, they did Search Party, Chad, all these shows, Miracle Workers, the only ones that that's made it through. Uh, and they're coming back with a fourth season, maybe last season, who knows, uh, called End Times about this sort of Mad Max style post-apocalyptic future with your regular Miracle Workers cast. As you know, if you're not familiar with that show, it sort of changes uh, perspective. Like every season is a different anthology type story in a different place and time. So this one, we're in the future. I can't wait to watch. I always love Miracle Workers. And yeah. And you know what? I'm going to put another one on your homework list. I'm going to put another one on there. Go watch some Glee. Go watch some old episodes of Glee. 
You want to know? Because the price of Glee, a little docu-series, uh, is coming out on Investigation Discovery uh, about Glee and the behind the scenes. And I'm going to be watching, obviously. I was I was a Gleek back in the day. I really loved Glee. Sorry that's if that's embarrassing. But, you know, I'm, I've been revisiting some old episodes because I think people today don't realize how big a phenomenon Glee was. And just it was this machine that like couldn't be stopped. And all these weird things were happening backstage. And it's like, what did Ryan Murphy know? And what did he allow people to get away with? And that's what I'm hoping the documentary goes into. So dig into some old Glee as your homework before you go watch that documentary uh, on, on next Monday. So there you go. That is... That's that's all I got for you on the homework list. Thank you so much for listening today. Go rate, review, share this with your friends, subscribe. Uh, and, you know, go check out our Patreon. Go check out all the, all the things I got for you, the newsletter. You know, your, your TV club, you know what's up. Uh, but, uh, yeah, we'll be back next week with another episode. TV I Say with Ashley Ray. Another episode, another episode of- TV I Say with Ashley Ray is an Earwolf production made by me, Ashley Ray Harris. It's engineered by Sam Kiefer and produced by Amelia Chapelo. And our original theme song is by Rafia. It means so much to me if you go rate, review, subscribe, follow TV I Say. Let us know what you think and tell your friends. Share with your golden girls. Tell your boys. If you love my TV recommendations, let everyone you know know. For special TV club members, join my Patreon. And you can also find my full archive ad-free episodes of TV I Say over on Stitcher Premium. Use promo code TVISAY, all one word, for a one-month free trial at stitcher.com slash premium. Meet Janice. Unfortunately, her thing is sneeze attacks every time spring returns. I literally sneezed 40 times in a row once. Luckily for Janice, at the Walmart Pharmacy, she can get over-the-counter allergy relief for things like sneezing, runny nose, and watery eyes, fast with online pickup or delivery. No more suffering? That's nothing to sneeze at. (laughs) I see what you did there. Help survive allergy season with fast online pickup or delivery from Walmart. Welcome to an easier pharmacy. Welcome to your Walmart. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh... (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.